Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen. You're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. So in today's episode, I want to talk to you about morning rounds. And, you know, for a lot of reasons, luckily for patients and for doctors and residents and interns and students, the length of stay has diminished significantly. Um, Nowadays, it's not uncommon to have outpatient surgery or for most places, you know, one night states are, are, I believe, last average we get it regularly, I think was 1.4. So, you know, most patients have surgery and go home the following day. But I really believe that your time, and you may have heard me talk about this in other episodes, your time with patients and your ability to educate patients early on in the course of a total knee replacement is extremely important and the benefits are exponential. It is so much easier to get patients off on a good start than to develop problems later and try to explain why they should have been doing something different or better or more or less. You know, at that point you missed the boat because you didn't tell them what they were supposed to do and how they were supposed to do it. So in today's episode, I really want to reiterate, and I'm going to tell you, these are exactly the things that I tell all of my patients every morning, the day after surgery, before they go home. Now understand, it is also written in all of my packets and handouts that the patients get. It is also discussed in the preoperative H&P visit. I review some of these prior to surgery, specifically the importance of the physical therapy and range of motion. Um, But as they're going to get anesthesia shortly and forget most of what I say, I don't go into a ton of detail at that point. And we also have an app-based program, which again, reiterates a lot of this information. So it's the repetition of the information. It is the stressing of importance of range of motion, which is important. Um, But it's also in the scripting. You You may have heard me talk about it before that it's kind of useless if you tell patients one thing, your nurse tells them something else, the therapist in the hospital tells them something else. So you need to go through and make sure that you and the nurse and the therapist and the paperwork all say the same thing because otherwise the patient will only believe the information they receive from the last healthcare worker. Or it leads to a lot of confusion for patients or they start to not really believe people in the healthcare field because they feel that everybody's telling them something different. So when I walk in in the morning, um, you greet the patients, you say hello, you ask how they're doing, how their night was, um, and keep an eye. I'll tell you, the patients where occasionally they happen to have a birthday, the day that they're in the hospital, and you walk in and sing happy birthday, they will never forget it um, because you know, you've know you gone that extra step of recognizing, hey, this is a special day for them, um, and I guarantee they'll never forget that. The The other important thing is you do want to know how their night was because one, if they had a problem or pain, you want to know why. Is there something that you could have done to fix it? Was it an issue with a staff member? Was it a new nurse? Did, you know, they have an issue getting out of bed? 
So you really want to make sure that the patient had a good experience um, and the patient clinically is doing okay, um, that they feel well constitutionally, and then you can focus on the knee. So I always try to be repetitious with things that are important. So as far as the discharge instructions, um, you know, we give them stuff preoperatively as far as their discharge instructions, but we have another written packet. As much as this digital stuff is great, I still like to make sure that they have a written packet in their hand. And in the packet, it goes into detail of the medicines that they're going to take. And specifically for most of my patients, you know, we do a regimen of acetaminophen and it's very specific in there. It's you know, 1,000 milligrams every eight hours for two weeks and then 500 milligrams every eight hours for two weeks. Because if you tell people, start with this and just decrease it as you can, most patients don't understand exactly what that means. But we let people know, if your pain's controlled, you can, you can cut back quicker. You can go, you can cut the dose in half at a week um, or in a couple days. But there's also a caveat there that says, if your pain is not controlled, you may increase this to four times a day for three days. And I let patients know that we need to be aware of that and watch that because it places their liver at risk. And this may be modified in people that do have liver disease. The next thing is some anti-inflammatory like Celebrex or Meloxicam. Um, It will tell them, you know, you take one a day. But if you do that for one to two weeks, and then you can decrease or take only as necessary. If you're taking 200 milligrams of Celebrex a day, then you have pain, you can then increase that to 200 twice a day for three days, let us know, and then go back to the once a day, or meloxicam 7.5, if you have pain, increase it to twice a day, and then go back to the seven half, and again, let us know. So this way we're aware. And then the other part, which I educate them on, again, multiple times, is here's the oxycodone. Again, I use straight oxycodone, so we don't get the additional risk of extra Tylenol with some of the other modifications. And again, I only give up out 20. I have them break them all in half. And I tell them, if after ice, physical therapy, range of motion, Tylenol, Celebrex, you're still in pain, I, I want you to take a half of this and reassess in 30 to 60 minutes because people will take one or two tablets and then they'll be nauseous and constipated. But I also let them know that if you need to take it, it is not uncommon in the first one or two nights at home to take a couple, but the pain should be getting less. So if this usage is going up. There is a problem. I need to know about it. The question is, are you using more than you're supposed to, or is there an issue with pain that we need to look into? Um, So they have a very, very small sample of that for severe breakthrough pain only. And then the instructions go into the issues with wound care. So the dressing that I use and how to shower, specifically what to do when I review it with them, goes into the exercises. I have some videos and there's links to those videos. It goes into their follow-up visits. It goes into healthy eating habits and specifically with constipation because it's not uncommon that between anesthesia, some pain medicine, multi-medications, less activity, decreased appetite, they may change what they're eating and this can lead to constipation, which can be a huge problem after surgery. So you want to make sure that they have a bowel regimen in place for at home. Um, And then the obvious things of these are important that if you're running a fever, if you fall, if there's drainage, you know, these are the things that you need to call and let us know. We may need to see you sooner as opposed to later. Um, So all of those things are really outlined in very specific bullet points as to what you do, when you do it, how you do it. And that gets handed again to the patient. Here it is. Now, the next thing I do is, you may have heard me talk about it in other episodes, is I give them a present. I give them a picture. I give them the picture of their knee taken at the end of surgery. Once the dressings are on and we lift their leg up and bend their knee, 
just to prove to them in their brain that they can bend it. And this reinforces the fact that when they bend it, and it hurts, that they're not breaking the knee, they're not hurting the implant, they're not going to open the incision. And that picture, I believe, helps immensely with patients getting early range of motion. And then we go into the dressing change. So this is where I want you to, this is like a really important point I want to get across. And um, it's something that I know I was at fault for early on. Um, And it's something that I think we just get used to because we're tired and we're overworked and we're in the hospital all the time. But when you go to examine a patient and you go to change the dressing, ask, you know, just say, hey, is it okay that I take your sheets back and take a look at your leg? I'm going to change your dressing. And you're going to get a verbal yes from 99.999% of the patients. I'd be surprised if someone says no. But just understand that it's not uncommon to see in the hospital setting that you walk into someone's room at six o'clock in the morning or earlier and you flip the lights on, you know, they're half asleep, their eyes are open. And what do you do is you throw back the sheets and you expose their leg. And if it's a hip, you expose their groin. And you're basically exposing another human without their consent. Um, So understand they understand that you're there to help them and care for them. And they understand that they have a dressing and a wound and you're going to look at it. But just give them the humanity and the professionalism and the sense of caring by just taking two seconds to say, is it okay that I take your sheets back and expose your leg? I'm going to look at your knee and you'll get a yes. And I think that will mean a lot to patients because I'm sure, and you're going to see it now if you watch for it, you're going to see people walk up. I mean, you'll see battery because you'll see a person walk up, like a nurse or a doctor, grab someone's arm while you're talking to them and put a tourniquet on it and stick them with a needle. You know, it would be nice if they say, hey, is, is it okay while you're talking to the doctor that, you know, I put an IV in? And most patients will go, sure. You know, sometimes they'll just come back and they'll say, I'm going to be back to put an IV in when you're done talking to so-and-so. But you'll notice this in the hospital that we kind of forget that these are human beings and you wouldn't walk up to someone on the street and pull down their pants or open up their jacket and take a look at their body part. But you kind of get used to doing that in the hospital setting. So I always will say, is it okay if I take a look at your knee now and change your dressing? And they'll always say yes. So we take the sheets back. And again, like any physical examination, you know, you examine the leg, look at the leg, feel the calf, check the pulses, check the neurovascular function. I take the dressing down, we inspect the incision. I'm looking, is there any bleeding? Is there any oozing? Uh, The Perneo dressing that I use, I explain to them, this is here. It's going to usually stay on for three or four weeks. I'll take it off in the office if it's still there. If it trims up, you, know, you can trim it at the corners, or if there's any issues, you call us You know, if it comes off early. Um, but I let them shower with it in place without covering it. And then what I do is I rewrap them in the hospital the morning after surgery with an ACE wrap. One, because typically they swell overnight, so there's a little tightness to the ACE wrap that I placed in the operating room. Um, but also I in- encourage the importance of early compression, because if you don't have pain and it swells and swells and swells, you know, now you got a knee at three or four weeks that's chronically swollen and it's hard to get it back under control. So I really work on patients in the beginning of using an ACE wrap or a fresh new neoprene knee sleeve they buy for after surgery to try to use that during the daytime so they can compress the knee and keep the swelling down. And if after a few days they have little to no swelling, they don't need it. But for the patients that do have swelling, they may continue to use that. So I put this fresh wrap on them cover them up. Then I sit down next to their bed and I go over these two important things. So I explain to them that all of the important exercises, whether or not they're exercises in my packet, 
on a video in our app um, or from the home or outpatient or hospital physical therapist that I really need them to focus on a few strengthening, a few bending, and a few straightening exercises. And they don't have to do every single exercise, but they need to find a number of bending and straightening exercises. And I review these two simple ways of working on the extension and flexion at the bedside. So I sit down with them and I tell them at the end of every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, take your foot and I take my my shoe off so I can just put my foot up onto the edge of their bed so they can see very easily. And I explain to them that in the morning, And during the day, the knee is going to be a little tight. It's going to want to stay a little bent because it's swollen, it's sore and stiff. And with your heel up on a chair or stool, you're going to do two things. You're going to fire your quadriceps muscle, which is going to help straighten your knee. And you're going to put your hands on top of your thigh above your kneecap, just above the incision. And you're going to push down with a pound or two of pressure. And you're going to straighten that knee and you're going to hold that position for 10 seconds. And then you're going to relax. And then you're going to repeat that six times. So it's a one-minute straightening exercise. So now you're going to fire your quad, which also helps relax your hamstring muscle. You're going to add the pressure of your hands to straighten your knee. And you're going to work on getting full extension. Hold that for 10 seconds. And then relax. And then repeat and repeat. And they're going to repeat that six times. So it's a one-minute straightening exercise. Then I tell them what you're going to do is then you're going to put your foot on the floor. And you're going to sit in the chair. And you're going to have your foot flat on the floor. And then what you're going to do is you're going to slide your foot back about an inch or so. And then you're going to scoot your butt forward an inch. So you're going to start with your knee, say at around 90, you slide your foot back, maybe get to 95 degrees of flexion. You slide your butt forward on the chair. Now your knee's at 100 degrees of flexion. And I explained to them, your knee will feel tight. It will feel stiff. It will feel like it's pulling. And you're going to hold that position for 10 seconds. And then you're going to sit back in the chair. And then you're going to take your foot and you're going to slide your foot back another half inch to an inch. And then you're going to scoot your butt forward again, and you're going to hold that for 10 seconds. And then you're going to sit back and catch your breath. And again, you're going to repeat this six times. So again, it's a one-minute bending exercise. And usually I explain to them that when I get my foot back at 50 or the fifth or sixth time, that sometimes you don't have the strength in the muscles to pull the knee further into flexion. So I always have them take their good leg and put their heel in front and push it back one more time. And I explained to them that if we drop the plumb line down straight off the front of the kneecap, the goal here is try to get your toes behind that plumb line. And the importance of this exercise that I explained to them is that they may do a thousand knee straightening, bending exercises at home, but if they're sitting on the floor in a chair, they may not have the strength or mobility to get to full extension and to full flexion. So they're doing sort of this like 10 to 80 arc in the beginning, but we want full extension. So by stretching it out, and bending it fully, when they then do their exercises, they're going to have better function, better range of motion. And this should allow them to get better range of motion early. I kind of set the parameters that, you know, what I expect at the six-week mark is about 120. So I tell them, like, when you leave the hospital, your knee should be at a right angle, 90 degrees. You know, one to two weeks, I'm expecting it at 100. At three to four weeks, I'm expecting 110. At five to six weeks, I'm expecting 120. And understanding that that's the path that you're going into And that any time that you don't hit that mark, that you're behind the eight ball and you need to work a little bit harder. Um, So as long as patients understand the importance of range of motion and that you actually take the time to sit down with them and show them these exercises. And it's great, you know, I've had, you know, sometimes I do it when when the significant other's there. I've had patients with their smartphone say, hey, you know, can you do it again? Can I video you? Fine. You know, I have some YouTube videos. Occasionally I update them and edit them. Um, But this way the patients have these simple exercises that they can do throughout the day. And I remind them, 
in the early period, if you're not sleeping and you're awake, I want your knee in one of three positions. It's either totally straight, meaning your foot's up on a chair, stool, or ottoman. It's bent back as far as you can, so your heel's underneath the chair as far back as it can, or it's moving. So you're bending and straightening your knee, or it's straight, or it's bent. Um, Because commonly, you're going to get these patients that go home, and the simplest place for them to lay is in the recliner, or they lay on the sofa, and they put a pillow underneath the knee. And I explain to these patients, listen, I understand that it is comfortable, and that's the least painful position for you right now, but if you continue to do that in the first four or six weeks, what is probably going to happen is you're going to develop scar tissue and stiffness, and then at six months and eight months, your knee is going to be stiff and painful, and at that point, it is too late to go back and gain the range of motion that you can gain in the first six to 12 weeks. But by taking the time and explaining it to them in this way, they understand that importance. Um, And from there, I ask if they have any other questions, and we make sure that they have all their prescriptions. Most of the prescriptions walkers, we all set up and get to them at the preoperative visit. And then we get them off for physical therapy and get them ready to get home that day and start the plan of, you know, rehabbing their knee. But it's all of these important things, which I think are really key to make sure that your patients have a good outcome. Um, So I hope this is helpful. Um, Please, you know, find the time to just sit down with the patients and kind of go over this, you know, the the two or three minutes it may take you to go over those exercises with them will mean a lifetime of benefit to these people. Um, And next time that you're on rounds and you're going to go to change the dressing, just take two seconds and ask, is it okay if, you know, I take your gown down, I take pull your gown up, take your sheets down to expose some part of your body so I can see the surgical wound and inspect what we need to look at. And they're always going to say yes, but I, I guarantee even if they don't say it, they're going to appreciate the fact that you asked. So thanks again for listening. Um, I'm Adam Rosen. If you know uh, friends, colleagues, residents, students that would benefit, please uh, share this information with them. Uh, Refer them to the podcast. Uh, If you do have the chance, please leave a review. Uh, It helps other people find this podcast and find this information. And until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.